0: face the Fire Lord, but now I know I need to do it alone. You brought this on yourself, you know. We could have returned together. You could have been a hero. Sokka and Zuko infiltrate the Fire Nation's top prison, The Boiling Rock, Chapter 14, to find Sokka's father, Hakoda. It's on an island surrounded by a boiling lake, Sokka and Zuko wind up crashing their war balloon on the shore. They disguise themselves as guards and begin asking about Water Tribe prisoners, but they find that there are none. However, the pair discover Suki is at the prison. Zuko's cover is blown while Sokka and Suki reunite, and the warden, Mei's uncle, recognizes him. He informs Zuko that in due time he will be handed back over to Ozai, a fellow prisoner. Chit Sang overhears Sokka, Zuko, and Suki discussing their escape plan and forces his way in. Sokka plans to use one of the insulated coolers used to punish prisoners who fire bin as a boat to get across the lake. As they're getting ready to leave, however, Sokka and Zuko over here talk that a new batch of prisoners are arriving at dawn, potentially including Hakoda. Sokka and Zuko, and Suki, decide to stay back and wait, while Chit Sang sets sail in the cooler. Chit Sang winds up getting caught as the new prisoners arrive. Hakoda is revealed to be the last one in Saka. Breathes a sigh of relief. Sokka reunites with his father, Hakoda, and begins cooking up a new escape plan. The group plans to take on sorry, the group plans to take the warden hostage during a prison riot and escape on the gondola to the other side of the lake. May arrives and comforts Zuko about breaking up with her, through a letter calling him a traitor to the Fire Nation. The warden interrogates Chit Sang for the identity of the escaped plan's mastermind, but Chit Sang saves Sokka. Chit Sang saves Sokka's cover by pinning the blame on a different guard who had previously thrown him in the cooler. Chitsang, subsequently asked to be included in the new escape plan, when the commotion of the riot breaks out, Zuko traps Mai in the prison and leaves to help his friends. The group successfully boards the gondola with the warden, but are pursued by Azula and Ty Lee. Sokka and Zuko deal with Azula while Suki gets a rematch with Ty Lee on the roof of, gon- of the gondola. This was a really dope battle. I, I got to say, this entire <clears throat> last, uh, the original episode, chapter 14, and then going into 15, it really is like a, bo- it says the, the chapters are called The Boiling Rock, part one, part two. It feels like a boilerplate, part one, and then just an explosion, part two. I absolutely loved uh, all of the choreography that was going on with uh, everything that had to do. Within like this volcano, this gondola, everyone doing backflips and firebending and fucking crazy airbending. Sorry, I said airbending, firebending and uh, uh, this just martial arts that are going out the wazoo thinking that it's like these people are insane if they were like live action. Obviously, it's cartoon, so it's a little bit more. Of a spectacle, but still, if this was shown live action successfully, it'd be oh my gosh. Continuing in chapter 15, the warden breaks free and his. God, I can't read today. The warden breaks free and orders his guards to cut the gondola's cable line. Azula and Tyle escape to seemingly watch the group's demise, but my. Intervenes at the last minute to subdue the guards and allow their escape, which I was not expecting. Um, When questioned why she did it, Azula, Mai, calmly, states that she loves Zuko more than she fears Azula. Enraged, Azula moves to strike Mai, but is chi-blocked by Ty Lee. A powerless Azula then furiously orders both of them to be thrown in prison. Sokka and Zuko return to the Western Air Temple by stealing Azula's airship with Hakoda, Suki, and Chitsang, reuniting Katara and Hakoda once again. So, as I stated earlier, these last two episodes were just phenomenal to watch back to back. It appears they were aired on the same date on July 16th, 2008. Um, but yeah, I really didn't have many complaints about it. I would say maybe the chapter fourteen was a little bit slower for me, but it, it 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 didn't always like I said, this show doesn't always have to go full throttle all the time. Sometimes they can lay out tracks on certain episodes and not have uh, you know, spectacular air uh, uh bending of all different elements and stuff like that. Cause I definitely felt like this was of one piece and the second half is just like an explosion of action and i just uh i loved watching all of it um so far i even watching katara sorry watching katara watching korra i'd say this is still up there with some of the best fights um and most interesting fights like it's not like we're just getting um just non sequitur enemies coming out of nowhere which I've never seen Dragon Ball Z and I don't really want to like compare the two because that is much more of a, a different take of a story in a world but I feel like even just from watching it from afar it looks like they have so many more enemies and I don't know what the hell's going on people are flying around and making loud noises and sounds like they're pulling pulling their backs they're getting Charlie horses, <laughs> and it just sounds overall really painful. This <clears throat> feels so much more flowy and original, and, like, I care about the different characters. I don't know. I, I've never seen Dragon Ball Z, so I'm just shitting on a show I've never seen. It. It's kind of unfair, but I, I guess I'm just comparing... I'm trying to compare it to, like, a show I have seen. Like, I don't know. We we've What feels like this show is we've uh, they've done the groundwork they've shown the backstories we care about who these characters are we the majority of these characters are so fleshed out that we're like oh my gosh this is this is the best that we're getting to see finally the confrontation between so and so and so and so or finally getting a reuniting of you know like Katara and Hakoda or, um, or, or what we know what it means when Azula is striked down by um, Ty Lee you know it's just like, holy shit, you know, these characters are starting to betray each other. They've been along with each other for this entire trip. It's just like, oh my lanta, it's finally all coming to a head. Chapter 16, The Southern Raiders Azula ambushes the group of Western Air Temple. Forcing them to split up again, Hakoda and Chitsang escape to the stolen Fire Nation airship, with Teo, Heru, and the Duke, while Suki and Zuko and Team Avatar blast their way past Azula and escape uh, to safety. When Zuko saves Katara from being crushed by rocks, Katara angrily refuses to thank him. Afterward, Zuko confronts Katara about her distrust of him and her unwillingness to accept him into the group, like everyone else has. Katara berates Zuko and furiously reminds him that she was the one to trust him back in Ba Sing Se, only to be betrayed by him. Zuko decides to help Katara find the group of soldiers responsible for her mother's death. The Southern Raiders Aang warns her not to give in to revenge, but to let her anger go and forgive. Katara and Zuko scoff at the notion and depart. Along the way, Katara's behavior becomes increasingly aggressive, even resorting to mercilessly bloodbending a Fire Nation officer for information. They eventually find the retired soldier, Yan-Ra, who reveals that katara's mother kai named herself as the last remaining southern water bender to protect katara despite katara's rage pain and desire for revenge she is unable to take yanron's life katara and zuko leave with katara finally forgiving zuko and accepting his friendship at the end of the episode, Zuko asks Aang what he will do to confront his father, Fire Lord Ozai, leaving Aang disturbed. So I found this episode specifically fascinating. I guess it wasn't very clear how her mother died. I think maybe in the you know, mining pits of some, you know, Fire Nation soldiers, I, 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 or what was it, the, the Southern Raiders, is that what they were? But, um, yeah, this is an, an entire episode that is talking about how Katara wants revenge, and trust me, I think the majority of us have been to a point of anger where we just want, you know, revenge, and this is the specific type of episode you need to watch to have that um you know release i you know i've i've gone through my life in certain periods and thought you know wow you know that person just really deserves you know the worst of the worst and i you know when i would come back to that feeling i was like you know you know do i really feel like that or was i just feeling like that because I don't know. the uh, The situation had gotten to a point where it was just upsetting, and I, I, you know, wanted to put blame on pretty much everything. And maybe, you know, certain people are to blame for certain things, but generally, and overall, I mean, what is it going to solve? over the course of watching avatars season 1 2 and 3 it's just um episodes like these have been very cathartic for me personally honestly like i i i can't like quite explain it how this kids television show oh it's it you know i i guess you know tearing it down to just saying that it's a kids television show is not giving it enough credit because it almost feels like these are animated bits of, uh, life and ways to work out emotion. That's personally what I get from Avatar, especially, um, episodes like these that just help you work through emotions. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like it can be um, applied to different scenarios and, and different parts of your life. It's not just this, uh, it's not just geared for, you know, young people learning how to deal and cope with emotions and stressful times. It's for, you know, people of all ages just um, to kind of learn and thrive and, and grow and, I guess, uh, ponder upon situations and maybe think to yourself, maybe revenge is not the best option. I really enjoyed the end of this episode when Zuko asks Aang what he will do when he confronts his father, Fire Lord Ozai. The entire time we're thinking, oh yeah, Aang's probably gonna have to fuck this guy up, like really just give him the big old air, <laughs> straight to the dome if you know what I mean but (laughs) I was just like I really don't know what he's gonna do so at this point we you know assuming you've already seen the end of the series of Avatar we know what he's going to do but I don't think we've ever seen him do that before or anyone else in the series do that before at least Coming to a close very quickly, very quickly. Let me see what we got. All right. Chapter 17. Chapter 17, The Ember Island Prayers. Oh, God, I already fucked up. Chapter 17, The Ember Island Players. Sokka discovers that the Ember Island... That's that's hard to say. Ember Island Players... A Fire Nation theater group is debuted. A play based upon the group's adventures. I absolutely love this episode. I did not think I was going to enjoy this episode nearly as much. They kind of did like a Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones did. They did a a watch the show and watch the adventures of it within the show using either like puppets or using like a play. This is using a play. The play turns out to be a Fire Nation propaganda and although the audience enjoys the play, Aang and his friends are embarrassed by the inaccurate and exaggerated portrayals of themselves, with the sole exemption of Toff, who is amused by her depiction as a large, musculared man <laughs> who uh, employs a primitive form of sonar by yelling at everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was cracking up. Like I, I love this show because I felt like they are smart enough to write this in a way that they're kind of making fun of themselves and making fun of the characters, but in a lighthearted way. And the characters are, like, laughing alongside. It feels like a fourth wall breaking almost in a way. In context, the play also serves as a concise summary of Aang's entire journey throughout the show. Yeah, that that was what I liked, too, because it was like, all right, now we're kind of getting, like, a, a... Uh, a play-by-play with a kind of a funny sprinkle to it of what's happening, and our favorite characters are getting to watch it as well. Um, Let me see. Um, The play ends with the Fire Nation winning the war, Azula killing Zuko and the Fire Lord, killing the Avatar, which triggers a standing ovation from the audience and clearly frightens Aang. Aang also confronts Katara where they stand with each other having kissed at the invasion. Katara expresses that she isn't sure and is only further confused when Aang kisses her again. I was like, dang it, Aang. This is not the way to take care of things. The thing is, sometimes I get frustrated with Aang as a character. There's a couple times in the first season he just felt like, I was like, this would be a lot easier if you just tell the truth or if you just talk about it. Um... Or maybe not kiss her at times like that. Um, but Aang is human. He's not someone that just knows the right thing to do at the right time. He's making mistakes. And I do think it's interesting that the show writers and and the people that are, are running it. This was Gene uh, Carlo Volp on this one directing it uh, with uh, Tim Hendrick, Josh Hamilton, Josh O'Brien. John O'Brien is writing on it, um, they decided to leave this kind of on a cliffhanger in a way. Like, this is such an interesting show to have such a a broad spectrum of what's going on and not always leave it in a good, happy uh, place. Like... Katara expresses that she isn't sure and is only further confused when Aang kisses her again and then it ends as not exactly a happy ending. I mean, the more I think about it, the more of these episodes are not exactly happy endings. Almost any episode with Zuko at the end is not a happy ending. It's uh, It's very interesting that they decided to um, kind of lean into the more harder aspects of... Uh, storytelling and they just it, it, in more realistic sides of storytelling instead of just wrapping it all up in one. I was very uh, applauded by that. Um, applauded by that. Is that even? A, a, I applaud them. I I give them a round of applause. I don't. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. But <laughs> they. Uh, what I say is, I think it's interesting that they decided to end a lot of um, a lot of their episodes not exactly in a happy place it's more of like a uh, you know it's like oh maybe next time kind of thing but we don't have a maybe next time um chapter 18 sozin's comment part one the phoenix king ang has decided to fight the fire lord after sozin's comic passes zuko derails the plan by revealing that ozai intends to burn the entire earth kingdom content to the ground with the comet's power ever since the war meeting in Nightmares and Daydreams, the episode. The gang be- begins to the gang begins a frantic training regimen while Aang struggles with his responsibilities. His friends instruct him to simply kill Ozai, but Aang clings to the pacifist beliefs of the air nomad heritage. And his in his sleep, Aang is drawn towards a mysterious island that appears to suddenly that appears suddenly just offshore and is followed by Momo. The next day, Aang teaches. The next day, Aang's friends search all of Ember Island for Aang with no success. Desperate, Zuko takes off to find June, the bounty hunter, to attempt to locate Aang. June's Shiru is unable to track Aang's scent at all, leading June. To say that Aang no longer exists but is not dead, Ozai bequeaths the Fire Nation throne to Azula and declares himself Phoenix King, ruler of the world of the known world. Sorry. <laughs> While Aang awakens on the unknown island now in the middle of the sea. Chapter nineteen sozen's comment part two The Old Masters on the island Aang seeks guidance from his past lives, but they too insist he may have to take violent action against the Fire Lord. After June is unable to find Aang, Zuko decides to ask June to ask sorry, after June is unable to find Aang. Zuko decides to ask Jun to find his uncle Iro instead. After Jun leads them to the outer wall of Ba Sing Se, they meet King Bumi, Jiang Jong, Master Paku, and Master Payandu, who are revealed to be members of the Order of the White Locus. A secret society presently led by Iro. The transcends the division of the four nation. Zuko finally reunites with Iro who expresses his joy that Zuko rediscovered his true path alone. The team decides to split up to stall the Fire Nation plans, still unclear Ang's location. Zuko and Katara will face Azula. At the Royal Palace. Sokka, Suki, and Toff will attempt to stop the air fleet bound for the Earth Kingdom. And Iroh is to lead the White Lotus in the liberation of Ba Sing Se. The island Aang is on is revealed to be a giant lion turtle who passes on his wisdom to Aang before leaving him on the shores of the Earth Kingdom to wait for Ozai. Sozin's Comet arrives, and the Phoenix King prepares to destroy both the Earth Kingdom and the Avatar. So this is when shit gets real. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just like, holy Santa Claus, I am ready. I am, like, feeling it. I am loving all the past Avatar shit. I am loving all of this new, new... uh visualization with this giant lion turtle i was like sheep man and he's given them this uh you know this wisdom with this uh, amazing visual of him like touching uh ang's head and it's it's a beautiful um a beautiful visualization i i i don't have really anything bad to say about these last couple episodes um and we also get a reuniting with Uncle Iro and Zuko. It's very, very touching. And I, I believe everything that they wrote with uh, uh, Uncle Iro's character absolutely would match anything that uh, the the actor, the voice actor Mako would say. Um, I also. Really enjoyed the visualization of the Phoenix King and the way that they're just—they're clearly trying to have like this uh, fascist kind of stylization of like uh, like Nazism kind of. Um, they they have all the same similar. They have everything but the Nazi uh, symbol on there, you know, and so it's uh, it's pre- it's pretty pretty clear what they're trying to do, and I can totally see why uh, Michael Dante. DeMontino um, and Brian Conesquino, I don't even, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm fucking their names up, Brian Conesquico, I think, I, I, I don't, I don't know, if I said it wrong, you will know, give me a pronunciation on the comments or something like that, uh, apologies for that, um, but anyways, yeah, the, um, the way that they are, able just to convey this large of a scale and, um, this amazing, uh, was this all, yeah, all of this was, uh, was all of this all in one day? Okay, so they had a, a three-part finale in, uh, the last, wow, four-part, oh, four-part finale, wow, okay, so the last four episodes were all shown at the same time, so it was just, like, really intense going on, so... Let me see. One, two, three, four. Yeah, that's all of all of the Sozin's comment stuff. That's pretty impressive. Um, I mean, you'd have to watch it all at once. I'd be pissed not to. I'd be like, you got to go hard or go home. So um, what do we have? What do we have? What do we have? All right, so we are um, Sozin's comment Part 3 into Chapter 20 into the Inferno. Azula's mental yeah Azula's mental stability undermined by the betrayed betrayal of Mai and Tai Lee at the boiling rock be, begins to deteriorate as her coronation as Fire Nation approaches she banishes her servants Dai Lee agents and advisors Lo and Lee fearing everyone will betray her at some point She's starting to lose her shit. I totally, I, I totally understood this, but I didn't really understand what was causing her to lose her shit. I just, just no trust, I guess. Um, fearing everyone will betray her at some point, which leads her to hallucinating an in interaction with her mother, Sokka. Oh yeah. Oh sorry. Before talking about Sokka, uh, which leads to a hallucination to her mother. Her mother is a subsection of avatar lore that is apparently kind of fuzzy. I won't go into it too, too much in depth, but Sue, uh, Zuko does ask his father at one point where is his mother, and apparently they just never return to it. And so, let's just assume Zuko finds his mother, we'll just leave it right there. Um, Sokka, Toph, and Suki arrive just as Ozai's air fleet is lifting off, successfully boarding a ship with the help of Toph. They overpower the ship's crew and begin to take down the fleet. Iroh and the White Lotus arrive at Ba Se to wipe out the Fire Nation's presence once and for all. Meanwhile, Aang finally confronts uh, Fire Lord Ozai, but is immediately put on the, f- the defensive without being able to enter the Avatar state. Um, I love everything that we have with the Iroh character. I do feel like the more I think about it, we should have had a little bit more with Iroh and... Uh, you know, Fire Lord, Ozai, but mostly I think they didn't write as much for Iroh because they didn't have the voice actor, uh, original voice actor. But, you know, I could be wrong. Um, you know, given that they're like brothers, I feel like they would want, you know, a little bit more time uh, on screen together. Um Meanwhile, Ang finally confronts Fire Lord Ozai, but immediately is put on the defensive without being able to put in being able to go into the Avatar state. Ang is presently, sorry, Ang is presented with an opportunity to redirect Ozai's lightning back at him, but chooses not to strike. Zuko and Katara confront Azula as she is about to be crowned, and Azula challenges him alone to an Agni Kai. Katara tries to convince Zuko it's a setup, but Zuko notices Azula's change in personality. The two engage in an epic duel that engulfs the palace, and when Zuko appears to gain the upper hand, Azula decides to target Katara with a lightning strike. Zuko jumps in to protect her and is gravely wounded. Oz- Ozai appears to corner Aang, taking cover. Sorry, Ozai appears to corner Aang, taking cover inside a ball of earth as Ozai repeatedly attacks, trying to force him out. So, everything. I mean, I can't go on enough how amazing the battle is with uh, Aang and Ozai. First of all, Mark Hamill as the voice actor is just really pushing it. it. I feel like... I can feel the Darth Vader within him, you know, (laughs) um, but anyways, it's funny that they even go to lightning now that I think about it, because that's even like a subsection of a force power, um, but anyways, when Aang is put on the defensive, I love to see what he, he thinks of next to put in a a rock ball when he's flying away, when he's doing air bending, when whatever he's doing, whatever, uh, type of, uh, you know, defense mechanism and the different types of, uh, martial arts that he's, he's using. And, you know, like, uh, depending on what kind of bending he's doing, that'll decide what kind of movements he's doing. It is really, really intense. And this is by far one of my favorite battles to have watched. um, uh, I guess, non-live action that I, I've ever seen. And, and it was the most, one of the most satisfying as well. Let's hop into the final episode. Chapter 21, Susan's Comment. Part 4, Avatar Aang. Ozai accidentally causes Aang to enter the Avatar state when he is blown back into a rock that pierces his lightning wound. Unlocking his chakras and restoring his connection. The Order of the White Lotus successfully liberates Basing Se. While Sokka, Suki, and Toff successfully disable the airships and the Fire Nation attack Armada. I will say, I love... Like I said, I, I don't have many bad things to say. I'm just saying this is a fucking amazing show. It looks, it looks dope. The visualization, the pu- steampunk aspects of... All of the Fire Nation stuff. Fucking amazing. I didn't know it was going to look that cool. I, I was not ready for all that. Um, the three are separated, however, when the airship breaks in two. Katara takes over fighting Azula, with, though she is quickly put on the defensive while also tr- trying to tend to Zuko. She eventually comes up with a plan when Azula forces her near a graded storm. Storm drain. Um, Katara lures Azula into position and pulls water over both of them before freezing it. Katara freezes her, freezes herself within the ice and chains. Azula to the grate before rushing to use her healing abilities on Zuko. Zuko and Katara watch with pity as Azula suffers a full mental breakdown. Sokka and Toph end up being cornered on another ship before Suki returns to save them. Aang chases chases and easily overwhelms Ozai, yet still refuses to kill him. When Ozai attempts one final strike, Aang uses knowledge he received from the lion turtle and employs the ancient form of energy bending to permanently stop and strip Ozai of his firebending abilities. In an epilogue sentence set some days later, newly appointed Fire Lord Zuko declares the war is over. He and Mai reconcile officially and he confronts his father in prison, angrily asking where his mother is. Tai Lee is shown to have joined the Kaishi warriors while teaching them chi blocking in prison. Some time later, team avatars celebrate together at Iroh's tea shop in Ba Sing Se. Slipping out to share a quiet moment together, Aang and Katara embrace and kiss under the sunset. So, this entire last episode, wow, just blew me away. These last few episodes, <clears throat> you kinda have to put the part four all as this one big episode. Season finale. Susan's comment, my Lanta I loved it. I uh I can't say enough good things about the choreography, the art direction. I love the characters. Um the way that pretty much everything falls into place is is pretty damn amazing. We don't get everything tied up, but I feel like even him just asking Zuko, asking about his mother should be enough. Like he knows where his mother is. He know We know Zuko is not going to leave his mother there. Um, it felt like at the beginning of season three, this was coming to a head and that they knew that this was going to be their last season. But I was worried for, you know, the first two seasons. I was like, this feels like a massive world. And so, it is very apparent why they continued this uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, um, world into The Legend of Korra, and for reasons of legality, they didn't use the Avatar name because of the James Cameron thing, and I, I don't know if they needed permission from the movies because of the the, the shitty Last Airbender movie, but... um. Overall, the Legend of Korra is is f- just fits right in there like an amazing uh, puzzle piece. That um, uh, the series is actually followed by the Promise, the Search, the Rift, Smoke and Shadow, North and South, and the Imbalance comic trilogies, and then that is followed by the Legend of Korra, which happens to take place around seventy years later, which. Um, As a matter of fact, if you enjoyed this podcast um, and review of Avatar, the last Airbender um, series, we have the first season of Korra, um, The Legend of Korra, season one. So um, if you would like to check that out, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Let me know how I can improve, um, maybe by... uh, having a full cup of coffee next time, I'll be okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen, I can't say too much uh, uh, bad about it, I think I had one or two gripes about maybe a couple characters not interacting at the end, and you know, give or take about the mother, I, I feel like we know what happened to Zuko's mother, I don't need everything shown and explained, um, but uh, yeah, and I guess the ability to take powers away is is absolutely fascinating i thought we were going to get a little bit more bloodbending from um katara i will say i thought she was going to do that on ozai or maybe even Aang was going to have to but um everything with that final battle i was just like fascinated um you know when ozai is you know completely defeated he just looks like a bad dude. Something about long black hair with a, a long black goatee, Dude, this does not look good on. Uh, you just. You got that slender face. Just means instantly evil. It's like. Uh, you know, if you're a little bit hefty in comics. You're like, oh, you're greedy. Or you're lazy. Or you're fat. It's like, oh, my lanta. If you're slender and slim. And you got long black hair. Oh, you're evil. It's just like one of them things. Oh, my goodness. But. uh, yeah. Uh what else do we got? Um yeah, Michael Dante DiMontino and Brian Conesquigo. I know that they were supposed to be involved in the Netflix uh reboot of Avatar, which is why I think they had acquired all this stuff um recently. Get people ready. They are not going to be involved in the Netflix thing anymore. I am pissed. I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't really want to see an Avatar without these guys involved. I don't know what it's going to be. I I feel like it's just going to be a kid's television show. And it's, like I said, throughout this entire series review, it's so much more than that. It is way more than that. So... Thank you for listening, watching Look It Up Podcast. Let me know how I can improve on the podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to five stars, subscribe, thumbs up. If you want this podcast early, you can get it on YouTube, and that's where we release most of the podcast all early. If you want it mastered, you get a little cool sounds, and you get the trailer and all that cool stuff, that's going to be available on the audio podcast, which is released on SoundCloud and all your favorite podcast providers. And, um... Uh, we will be, um, we go live on Twitch, so if you want to interact with us there, that is a fantastic place to ask us all the questions, and uh, we will cover uh, additional Avatar World stuff there as well, um, and also additional podcasts as well, we have tons of podcasts coming down the tube, and um, like I said, we've already watched the first season of The Legend of Korra, so that will be coming down. I tell you a TV show that I'm really enjoying, and I think I'm just going to drop a podcast. Just drop it like it's hot real quick. Um, I wanted to recommend Raised by Wolves. It's what I feel like the season three of Westworld should have been, honestly. It's like a strange combination of like... Um, Terminator and Maze Runner it feels like or, I, I never saw Maze Runner but I feel like that's probably what it would be <laughs> but like I said it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's an interesting show to watch definitely check it out um, if you like the sci-fi stuff and, and whatnot at least you, know, you can check out the review and maybe uh, might be interested so thank you for listening watching look it up podcast um, and you know I will say, there's never enough APA. but, uh, until next time, yip-yip. Yep. I will never, ever turn my back on people who need me.